Well, if you are new today, then this is this is uh, Kat Kononui. She's going to be Hi. helping me this morning. Good morning. Yes, we're doing our, our series of Discover New Hope, and today we, we round it out. We kind of finish it up, but we wanted to actually bring up some guests to talk with you guys because there's some people that have been attending here 20 plus years. There's people here that have been attending five to 10 years. Maybe there's people that came here for the first time and you're wondering about New Hope as a church, the people, are they really nice? What's Pastor Sheldon really like? You know, things like that. No, I'm just kidding. And then anybody asked that. And then, Unless you know, you we get to the point where you hear us talking about serving. The, peop- the ushers right now that they're passing around the buckets, those are servants of the Lord that are volunteering here at New Hope Church. And so I wanted to bring up um, four people that do serve here at New Hope Church. Can we please welcome Heston and Pomai Ka'aihue? Yes. And also Kimo and Divine Chow. Hi, you guys. Welcome. And so we have you guys here today. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. I know it was kind of like, a, hey, you want to come up on stage early. and talk? Early. It was early. And, yeah. It's not that <laughs> early. And to be here, you know, and to share your hearts with us. But our first question, I guess we want to ask, and you guys can just jump in, whoever wants to answer first. Um, how did you start serving? Like, after attending New Hope Church, like how long have you guys been attending New Hope Church, Divine? Um, we've been here probably two years. Okay. Um, we were at New, New Hope East Hawaii first. Oh, okay. Um, probably serving for me about three months. Okay, so brand new. And Kimo, what about you? Like, And I was serving at New Hope East Hawaii for a long time, for about six years before we came here. Uh-huh. And, you know, God always puts it on my heart to be a servant. So, and always being encouraged by other people as well. So, you know, I just, you know, took upon myself to ask. And, you know, and of course, Pastor Ward and uh, Pastor Tom are like, hey, we got, a, we got a spot for you. All right. So you went and approached them to ask them or they came and approached um, them? Actually, I filled out the online questionnaire that everybody else can do. There's an online questionnaire that you can fill out and you know it's about leadership and you know what are you what are you comfortable with and stuff and and about a month later I get a call from Pastor Tom and and Tom is like hey Kimo uh, you want to help you know it's like sure yeah no problem and Heston what about you guys how long have you been attending New Hope Church um so I was forced to come to church when I was in high school, and that was in boys' club. Same family, huh? Same yeah, family. Same family. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been coming to church since boys' club days, which is, uh, well, I've, I've been in church for about 10 years since high school. No, I'm like 20-something yeah, yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I've, been, I've been coming to church for a long time, and uh, serving in the church, it, it's funny because you, you, you grew up in the church, and you feel like, Sometimes you just get stuck in just coming to church and just you see all the same people helping and you see all the same people doing stuff. Then all of a sudden, God will put something in your heart and go, hey, why don't you go and help with this thing or help? And so I was trying to find myself. I would try and usher, but I could never wake up early on Sundays. So that didn't work. And then I, I thought, hey, I can try and do maybe video. I like, you know, I want to get into the video thing. And then God had a totally different plan for me uh, other than video. He didn't want me behind the scenes. He kind of wanted me in a different area. So I, I serve uh, once in a while here and there. Um, 
And uh, it's been real fun serving. So. Yeah, but you also yeah. serve behind the scenes. Sometimes you'll build, build things or... Yes. And you're doing camera. You serve on our broadcast team as well. Yeah, so. and all the things that I forgot. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> so I do way more than I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. So Pomai, how long have you been serving? So I've been attending here um, since youth. So over, over 20 years, Pastor Sheldon was our youth pastor at the time. And, um, but I've been serving here for about five, six years in the worship team. And it's been an experience. It's something I've always loved to sing. But it's not something I, I, wasn't, I never performed, right? So it was definitely a calling upon my heart. Mm. So, yeah. So Divine, now that you're serving, how does it feel as somebody that starts serving? Like, I know it's different. Yeah. You know, but how does it feel for you? Well, it feels good, um, and you meet so much people, so I think that's the whole thing, because if you, I mean, more, normally you come to church and you sit in your seat and then you leave, but when you serve, you get to actually interact with other people, and I know everything here is about relationship, Yeah. and so you get to build those relationships when you serve. So, so you're serve. at the information center, yes. right? Okay, so you guys have questions, ask, find, find, <laughs> but so you get to interact with a lot of people yes okay and what about you Kima how does it feel for you when you serve um it feels it feels really good I mean <laughs> of course it feels good you know you get I mean it's kind of like hey I get recognition you know because I you know but I mean all in all you know it it's it's a different feeling you know you it's you know when you work at a job you get paid with money you know but you know just being able to serve and you know, do your part with whatever whatever talent that God has given you. You know, it, it means so much. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you're, you're constantly looking for, you know, the next person. It's like, hey, you know, who can I bless or who can I, um, who can I influence to get them to also serve, you know, and stuff. So... That's kind of that's kind of what I what I my kind of where my heart is and and uh, what I look at you know because there's always somebody out there that has it you know God's put it on their mind that's hey you know it's like maybe you should do it so you always kind of want to keep your keep your mind open and keep your heart open for that you know for that next you know person next generation whatever it may be you know there's you know hundreds of you out there and any one of you you know could step into any role here you know and that's that's kind of what yeah i like i like what you said though the word bless like yes. because people used to ask me like don't you feel weird asking people to serve and i thought no because there's a difference between working and serving we need to work because the Bible says, you know, you work so that you can eat, you need food on your table, you need to pay your bills. But when we serve, it's outside of something I normally do, and it's for the Lord, and that, that sense of connection with God and the serving part is such a blessing. I don't get that at my normal job. Now, now, some of us, we love our job, we have a passion for it, and we're thankful that we get to be there, but there is a difference that every day you're doing what you do, but then when you serve, it's, it's something eternal. You, know, you, you see people saying yes to Jesus. You see people growing in the Lord. You see lives changed, families changed. And it's no one person of serving that makes that happen. It's the body of Christ working together that connects with people in the hopes that they find Christ and Jesus is the one that does that in a person's heart. 
So we work together as the body of Christ, and that's why I love the word that you said, blessed, that we're, we want to bless people because that's what God wants to do. And so there is a difference when you start serving. And some people serve every week. Some people serve once a month. It all, it all depends on where you're at in life and what God is asking you to be. But that, Especially because they have young joy. children, too. And you have young children, right. Yeah, you have three wonderful children. Was it Matt? Oh, two. Well, who's Felicia then? Oh, niece. Okay. She's the, she's the one that, that kind of like looks like the boss. But Brooklyn and Matthew, they're, what, what are their ages? They're six. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're going to be seven next month. Wow. So, yeah. so even with young ones, you know, we, we take good care of them, and then uh, you guys get to serve. But what about you guys, Heston, Pomai? What is it? What's that sense uh, when you serve? What does it feel like? I don't know. To me, it's when I serve, it's, and, and it's for God. Like, it's not a job at all. It's so much more rewarding than working at a job and making money. It's, it's a totally different feeling where I am blessed to serve and to be able to use my gifts mm. that God gave me when I, when I didn't even know I had. And he would use those gifts uh, and, and I, I don't know, it just feels like it's an overwhelming feeling of if you're not, it, it feels like if I didn't serve, then would it even be worth it? You know, like, because this is what I was made for. Hmm. So it's kind of neat, like, all the stuff I used to get um, lickings for when I was small, <laughs> it actually helps in this stage of my life, you know, being here for, being here for God and what he wants me to do. So all those things that I thought, what do you mean, being kolohe? Well, yeah, in a sense. That's you know, what I was thinking, too. Not, not really like the real bad things I did. Just, you know, the little things that, you know, get off the table. You know, why are you on the roof? And, you know, all those little things that are acting out, you know, those things. And, like, um, those things really help me and my character for what God, like, I'm, I feel like a character in a story, but it's God's story. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're all characters. We all have a role in the story that God created for all of us. And, and until you find your place in that story, your life will kind of be like, oh, you know, I'm just living life, getting by. But until you find that what character you are in his story, mm. then you'll feel like, oh, that's what life is all about. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Like, it's, it's, it's not good. really a, oh, it's awesome serving God. It's more of a, you know, it was, it, it's just kind of how my life was supposed to go. And when you feel it, you know. You know so. Wow. What about you, Pomai? What, is that, what does that feel like? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How do I answer after that? Anyway, um, it's, it's, this feeling is, it's just, it's indescribable. It's, it's something that I, you know, I never, never thought I would feel. It's, um, you know, it's not something that I planned out. It's definitely something that I know pl God planned for my life, you know. So the feeling that you have worshiping and serving God is like, it's just hard to explain, you know. It's just... It's the best feeling, you know, and, and doing it for him and, and helping reach others, um, making a difference in people's lives. It, that just, you know, there's nothing that you can say. It's just, it's just a great feeling. So, Divine, now after serving um, for a couple of months and everything, and now you know that there's so much more. I always hear this from people who volunteer or who serve that, oh, my goodness, there's so much things that are involved with making a Sunday morning service happen, you know. Um, now that you know the bigger picture, but then you also know the reason why we do all these little things or the big things is to actually reach people to get to know the Lord and for somebody to be saved. Now that you have that in your mind of the bigger picture, how does that change or make you feel when you serve? Well, I think the, um, 
it, it feels more rewarding. I mean, I know it was rewarding in the beginning. It, the feeling is great. And, and once you start serving, you'll have that feeling. But I think you realize that there's so many other places you can be, um, not only volunteering where you first was called. That might just be the open door, the first open door. Um, it might, like, like today, that's the first time I've been in the back. I've never realized how many people put together the service before it even starts. I mean, you realize that a lot of people put together the service, but to see firsthand all the people that do it, it's like, wow. Yeah. You don't just go to church and it happens. People huh. actually put it together. So that, that feeling, it's like, wow, where else can I, you know, it, it opens other doors. Yeah. What about you, Kimo? I mean, knowing all the details now that goes on. Um, and, I mean, like, <clears throat> kind of like what my wife was saying, Divine was saying, that, you know, it, it, it rounds everything out. It, you know, it kind of puts everything else in perspective at why we're here. And, you know, the, you know it's, it's not just an hour and a half once a week for us. You know, it, it's, you know, for, for the, you know, some of these people, they're putting in, you know, a full 40 hours or more. I mean, I, I don't even know, you know, I mean, I can't even, I can't even begin to know what it's going to, what it would take to run, you know, all of this, you know, but, you know, and um, it's, you know, in my heart, you know, it, it's a joy. I think that's the word that everybody here is trying to, mm -hmm. trying to pull out and, and bring out is it's a joy that I see to see so many people with a heart for God and for heart for Jesus that, you know, makes any and all of this possible. You know, none of this at all would be, would be possible without him first. But, you know, with, you know, with everything that everybody here does, you know, from the smallest, smallest task, you know, you know, sweeping the, the sidewalks or, you know, anything, anything at all, you know, there's so much that takes place, you know. You know, Pastor Sheldon had to do it all. You know, imagine we we would never see him. <laughs> imagine oh. that the mow yard. I would die. <laughs> I would be dead. Yeah, and the place wouldn't look good, and people would have a hard time finding Jesus. So, yeah. yeah, we're serving and learning together. What about you, Heston? What that, you know, knowing the bigger picture of reaching people for Jesus. How does that change that perspective of serving? Okay, so the cool thing about serving is actually you get to um, you get to um, learn how to be not only here at church, but when you're out in your workplace. So you know how you always feel like, oh, man, my workplace is, is I just want to reach people. Well, a good way to start to learn how to reach people is to actually serve in a church where people are helping people mm. reach God in church. Mm. And you can take those concepts of serving here and do the same thing in your workplace. Mm. It doesn't matter where you work. If you have only one employee next to you or if you have 20, 200 mm. employees, you can take what you learn, the concept of learning uh, serving and learning here, and you can take that out and reach more people. So I, I don't know if I'm answering the question right, no, but good. like for me, the light that's shown by every, I mean, we're all um, rotten, I would say. Like we all aren't perfect. We are, we're right. all a little bit, well, more me than mostly I see cats. No, that's why I was agreeing. I was so, saying, yes, you are more but, rotten. But yes. you can, any person, it He's doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry. It doesn't matter your background or anything. Actually, God likes that. You've come from a troubled background or a great background. Mm -hmm. God doesn't care. Like he can take, like we always talk about, oh, I came from a troubled background. Well, then you should serve where those people are. 
It's not about that because there's people that are in great backgrounds. They come from a healthy family that sometimes it's harder to reach those people that, that feel like they're not lost. Mm. So everybody who's back here, because there's really, really good people that serve here. And then there's people like me that serve here. And I, you can learn from all of them to reach any person and talk to anybody. So I we, take yeah. we take he them take, all. He take, God takes everybody. The good people, the not so, I never say bad, the not so good people. But he takes everybody. And when you serve together, it, it's kind of like you're, you're serving under one roof, one God. Mm. And, and it's perfect, just yeah. like that. You know, and then we can reach everybody. Yeah, I like that because the Bible says there is no one who is good, not one. But we know who is good, and that is God. And so I, I agree. We can be anywhere in life, and God says, I accept you just as you are, and I love you so much that I'm going to help you become the person that I see you to be. In other words, he releases our potential. And that's the bigger picture. He says, this is an eternal thing. And for what you do, Pomai, I mean, you serve behind the scenes too in, in some things, but mostly you'll do uh, worship uh, because you guys rehearse a lot. Uh, or, or Tuesday nights, you guys will you'll rehearse at home. But what, what is it like to... to uh, lead the congregation in worship and knowing that that's something eternal. Um, it's, it's a great feeling and it's also, it, I feel like it's, it's kind of a big responsibility, you know, you have to reach others in that way, but it's also, it's also just, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. so it's good. I think for those of you who serve, I'm sure, I, because I'm watching you, a lot of you are agreeing, you're, you're nodding your head because you understand that, that the part of it uh, when it comes to serving. Some of you might not be there yet, maybe for whatever reason that you're saying, but I'm not able to serve, or in this season of life, I'm, I'm not able to serve, or your schedule, or whatever it is. We have people who actually serve from home. Some of them will do graphics at home. Some of them uh, will do uh, emails from home, uh, because every, everyone has a place to belong and serve, and that's what we went through last week with Discover New Hope, in fact, when you came in, you're given that booklet. And if you don't have one, please grab one because we're going to be talking about that today. But could we just thank uh, everyone here this morning? Kimo, Divine, Pomai, Heston, Thanks, thank you, you so much for sharing. Kat, thank you. Thank you so much. And we wanted to take out some time for that because I really wanted you to hear from you, the volunteers and those who uh, come here, what is it like to be a part of what God is doing because it's so easy to come to church and then forget that, wait a minute, we're all doing this together for the glory of God. Thank you to Tony, Matthew, and is that Miles back there? So even these guys, I mean, you may think that, oh, they're moving some stools on the side so that we can prepare for the message time. But no, they're doing that unto service to Christ. We're serving the King. Everything we do is to serve Him. If you're new today and you're trying to grasp everything and you're wondering, well, I, don't, I don't see why it's you know, so important and I don't, I, don't, I don't get it yet, I don't know about my relationship with God, then that's what we're talking about when we say discover new hope. It's not just discovering new hope for here as a church, but it's discovering new hope in Jesus. So if you did get that booklet, you can turn to, it's actually going to be right in the middle, page 7 is where we left off last week. And we're kicking off this week called our Vision Week. And the reason why we're calling it our Vision Week is because we want to know where we're at as a church as well as where is God taking us as a church. So what we do is we go through Discover New Hope, and we do this on a Sunday morning for two reasons. One is so that if you're new, you can hear the heart and vision of our church in two weeks. And then secondly, if you have been attending, 
it gives you an opportunity to say yes to being a member here. And if you have been a member for a while, then it's a refresher course. It's like, okay, I'm back. Okay, this is why we do what we do. It puts me back on track on why we do what we do. And then the, the larger vision of reaching people for him. Because our mission is simple. It's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way, to present it in such a way, that we are able to reach people who are far from him. That we present the gospel in such a way that turns non-Christians into converts, converts into disciples, which means a follower of Jesus, and then disciples into mature, fruitful leaders who will in turn go out into the world and reach others for Christ. And that's what many of these said this morning, those who are up here they were saying, you know, even at work you can reach Jesus because that's why we do what we do. It's so that more people can come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. We don't just have Sunday morning just for Sunday morning. It's so that we can learn about our relationship with Jesus in such a way that we can understand. And so the body of Christ put together are called members. That's what, that's what Jesus refers to as the body. He uses the, our, like our hands, our feet, as members of our physical body, just as members of the body of Christ. And each member has a role. Some of you are hands, some of you are feet, some of you are the brain, some of you are the ears, some of you may be the, the vocal cords that you can speak the word of God. So we all play a part in the bigger picture of God redeeming mankind unto himself. There is no law, no government greater than God's way of doing things and his laws. But we try to pass laws, we try to do things that make us feel better in our world, but really what's missing is the eternal soul that God redeems by sending us his one and only son that we would believe in him and then have eternal life. So we have an eternal soul. So when we serve and when we do what we do for God, it does something in our soul eternally. That's why Jesus came, because he wanted us to have that relationship with himself with God, so that we, once again, could be in eternity with God forever in heaven. We were lost without him, but now we're found. So what we've been going through are, are why we do what we do, the heart and vision behind it, and we left off with communion. Some of you understand communion. Some of us are learning about it. Maybe today is the first time you heard about communion. But communion, if you think about it, the accounts of communion, the Lord's Supper, as we call it, are found in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the Apostle Paul also talked about it in the uh, book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and that scripture is in there. But if you think about the Lord's, the Lord's Supper or Christian communion, it's a remembrance of what Jesus did for us and is a celebration of what we receive as a result of his sacrifice. Just think of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and I. It wasn't just something that he did, so that we would have eternal life. He died for our sins so that we could have life. Without his death and his resurrection, then we still would be lost without God. So if, if you understand communion a little bit, it's a time when we also examine ourselves. It's like we do a heart check before eating the bread and then taking the cup. Some people ask me, well, when, is the, when do we do communion? When, how often do we receive communion? Well, the Bible doesn't give a specific time or schedule. It doesn't tell us you need to do it once a month, once a week, or every other month. But it does tell us that when you do this, as often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, Jesus was saying, 
the important part of communion is remembering me. Because you can go through the motions and forget about me, but that's, that's why you're doing communion. That's why Jesus put that in place, so that we would remember him. So it should be done enough, often enough, to renew our focus on Christ without being so often that it just becomes another routine that we go through. So we have it every so often because it's not how often that matters, but the heart attitude of those who participate when we do receive communion that matters. So we go through not just communion, but it's remembering what Jesus has done for us. That's why we try to do things in steps. We try to do things in a way that people can understand, which is why we have what we call next steps. The first thing we understand is when we come to know Jesus, it's answering that question. Who are you going to follow in this world? What are you going to believe? And so it's saying yes to Jesus on page 8. That's what your next steps are. It's saying yes to Jesus. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that would be your next step. It's saying yes to Him. The second thing is to attend church weekly. Now, why is it important to attend church weekly? Well, the Bible tells us don't give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another day by day because the time is near. In other words, when we meet together like this, we get to encourage each other, build each other up. We get to uh, see how we're doing. And it's not a judgmental thing. It's just to, just to say, are we doing okay? How are we? And then we get to support each other. The third thing is what you're doing right now. It's discovering new hope. It's a part of our membership. It's going through the heart and vision of our church so that there's a better understanding of why we do what we do. And then the fourth step is water baptism. Now, a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, or the, I think it was last week, we had to, we canceled water baptism because uh, the shoreline were, was closed. So we did get our date for water baptism. It is going to be December 17th, I believe. Is that correct? Please correct me. Uh, December 17th. Okay. So December 17th is when we're going to have water baptism. And we, we contemplated if we should do it during one of the most busiest times of the year. And we thought, yes, because people want to obey God. So if you were planning to be water baptized last week, December 17th at 1.30 p.m. at Coconut Island will be our next water baptism. And then the fifth step is rooted in growing. That's, that's kind of like our discipleship. That's where we get to learn together. And there are multiple ways of doing that, and I'll get more into detail with that. And we talked about that last week with Rooted and Growing. And then uh, the sixth thing is joining a ministry. That's what these guys were talking about. They were talking about how we are serving, how we're getting involved. And what that does do is it also helps us to reach out to more people so that in the, in the hopes that they find Christ too. So in everything we do, everything we do is attached to a soul. It's that someone would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when one hurts, all hurt. Like right now, I'm sure every single one of us hurts somewhere on our bodies. There's pain somewhere. And if you're not in pain, you're probably eight years old. But as we get older, we, we, we wake up in pain. And we reach a certain age where we just say, I guess that's forever. That pain is just going to be there forever. Last week, I hurt my hand playing basketball. I split my finger uh, I, I hit someone's arm, so right here is sore. It's in pain. And so I had to go to the doctor just to make sure it wasn't broken. Uh, they took some x-rays, so I'm waiting for the results to come back. I hurt my shoulder some months ago, so that's kind of irritating. And so I'm, I'm trying to do some 
therapy with it, some home exercises. That way it can get better than even with my hand. But I'm thinking, when, when you're part of the body, you can feel when there's something painful. But if I were to cut off my arm, my, it doesn't matter what I do to my hand, I won't feel anything. I won't know. The body wouldn't know. It would know that this part is gone, but not this part. And that's what it means to be connected to the body. It's that we get to support one another when there's pain. When we go through a difficult season, there's, there's support. There are, bro- there are brothers and sisters that can pray with you. There's a family that can surround you and love you. And there's a body of Christ that can, that can go through the pain with you. Some people ask me, well, so is New Hope Church like just a church that just, like, are you part of a denomination? Yes, we are part of a denomination. It's called Foursquare. And if you turn the page to page nine, we are a member of the larger uh, Foursquare denomination. And it's a denomination that resulted from a dynamic evangelistic ministry of Amy Semple McPherson. And she opened the historic Angelus Temple on January 1st, 1923. And Angelus Temple is still in L.A., uh, Los Angeles, and it's still functioning today. And the pastor there is Pastor Matthew Barnett. And if you were here on our Wednesday night series, when we did the uh, Foursquare Convention series on Wednesday night, Matthew Barnett is the one who ran seven marathons in seven days on seven different continents. And so he does a teaching on what he learned through that. So he oversees, uh, he's the pastor of Angelus Temple. But we're also a part of the Foursquare family, which we benefit from on the corporate covering. We have administrative support, uh, and then, of course, the fellowship, where they help us with uh, the insurance things, because we live in a world that we have to be covered by insurance, because there are tons of people who, are, uh, who need to be taken care of. Uh, we have uh, legal protection, workmen's compensation, uh, counseling, all built into the Foursquare system. And it's not because we're, you know, some people say, I don't like organized religion. I just don't like organized religion. If you think about it, Jesus has the most organized, and if you don't like the word religion, you don't need to use the word religion, but he has the most organized systems in the world. When God created the heavens and the earth, if you study, if you're in science or even the way the world operates and how the solar system moves, our, our universe, everything is perfect in the way God designed His systems. So you might say, I don't like organized church. And I understand what you're saying. At the same time, if everything was chaotic, it wouldn't work either. So what I like to say is that God is the most organized when it comes to how he puts things in place. What happens is you have unorganized, imperfect people who come into what God had created perfectly, and we mess things up. Not God's organizational skills and his systems. It's we as human beings, but he still receives us. So when we have our denomination Foursquare, it's a great way for us to be in a system that helps us be accountable, It also helps us to stay close to the Word of God or stay accurate in what we preach. So that's what Foursquare does for us. It's more than just an organized uh, corporation. It's who we get to be accountable to, and it helps us. 
And sometimes you see these logos, you know, it's in the book, you see these logos. And basically what it stands for is Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Healer, Jesus the Baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus the soon-coming King. And so that's why we call it Four Square. Amy Semple McPherson, she got that vision, and so she just put that down. And so that's what the symbols mean. And if you want to learn about the history, there's that website there in number three that you can go to and learn about the history. Uh, because that's, we, want, we want to know who we're a part of. And so when we get involved or if we're serving, then we get to see, oh boy, that, there's a bigger picture in Foursquare than just what we see. I, I want to talk a little bit about these four components of New Hope Church or the four circles that we may, we may know it as. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because it, it kind of breaks our church apart in certain segments so that we can see that, oh boy, these are, these are the areas of our church. And the first one are, uh, is our services, like what we see on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's a part, a big part of why we do what we do, so that you can bring your family and friends. That's why we have Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. And actually, there's a difference between Sunday and Wednesday. Sunday morning is more for the, the new believer, the new person, the person you're trying to reach, the person at work, maybe a family member that do not, that they have no relationship with Jesus, they do not know him as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe they have since fallen away from God. Maybe they've uh, drifted from Him and they're not attending a church. That's why we have Sunday morning. is so that those who are far from God can come close to Him once again. So everything we do on Sunday morning is geared toward the new person. So we partner with you in your attempts to reach your family and friends. That's why we do worship the way we do. That's why we have our announcements the way we have it. For some of you, you might be hearing the same thing every week and you're thinking, I heard that already, I've seen that. I don't even take one bulletin anymore. I know what's going on. But then you forget about something because maybe you wasn't listening and maybe you didn't pay attention to something because you're always here. But once you invite someone, it changes the way you think when you're sitting with them. It changes everything because now you're so thankful that we're doing what we do so that your friend or whoever you brought is able to grasp, understand, see what's going on here. So everything we do on Sunday morning is more for the non-believer, for someone you're trying to reach. So if you've been thinking about, oh, this person or this person, Sunday morning is the best time to bring them. And then we welcome them. That's why we have breakfast. That's why we have our fellowship hall is so that you can treat them to breakfast. And it's not that expensive. It's, we kind of keep it at a reasonable amount and so that you can sit with them. And they might ask you questions on, what, what about this and this? What about children? What about youth? And you get to answer all those questions. But we want to partner with you in your attempts to reach your family and friends. So that's what our services are. We also have our small groups, which is rooted in growing, uh, serving, which we were talking about this morning, and then stewardship. We learn about stewardship. Uh, when Pastor Ben prayed over the tithes and offerings, that's a part of stewardship. It's a part of who we get to be with God and learn His principles, and then it, it can apply in every other area of our life. And then when you start serving, you learn the four components of ministry, which is discipleship. Because everything we do is discipleship. It doesn't mean you go through a class. Now, you can be a part of Rooted and Growing, but everything we do is discipleship. When you're at home, you're being discipled by the Lord. When you're at work, you're being discipled by the Lord. So everything we do is discipleship. And then there is discipline. We want to learn certain disciplines in life. We get to learn that through serving. Uh, dedication, because it does take dedication to serve. Like Heston was saying this morning, 
He's not in, he doesn't come to church this early or doesn't get up this early or normally on a Sunday morning. But because he's dedicated when he serves, then he'll get up for the Lord on Sunday morning. And then dynamic. One of the things that I'm so appreciative of is how well you serve. Like, I don't, I don't see you coming to church to serve, and then you're like, okay, well, well what you let me do? What you let me do? I hear, I hear, I hear, okay? What you let me do? You let me move stuff. You let me, let me watch the kids. No. <laughs> if you come with that kind of attitude, no, I don't want you to be with the children. But when we come here it's, and you serve, I see how dynamic you are, the love that you have for Jesus, the heart that you have, the way you welcome people into the kingdom, the way you welcome people to church, unbelievable. The spirit that you have is unbelievable. That's why people continue to come, because they love being here. They love being loved. And I hear that so often that people will call me or email me and say, hey, Pastor Sheldon, this was my first time in church this past Sunday. I just want to tell you how much I felt loved. Because no sense we do what we do if we're not sharing the love of God. The Bible tells us, that we'll be a noisy, clanging sound without love. We can do all of these great things, but if we don't love, then what's the use? So even if we make mistakes, even if a slide goes wrong during worship or sound goes bad or maybe your children uh, uh, don't want to be separated from you with our children's ministry or, or maybe they burnt the rice or the rice wasn't good or certain things like that, but you felt loved, we're okay with that. Maybe not the rice. I understand that. But if you feel the love of God, that changes everything. So everything we do has to have attached to it the love of God. Now, we are human beings, and there are times when we are serving where an attitude comes up and we have to deal with it. Then deal with it. Are we not brothers and sisters in Christ? Yes, we are. So just as brothers and sisters fight at home, brothers and sisters fight even in church. You might be thinking, oh, but I thought this place was like perfect. Wrong place. That's called heaven. This is earth. We're still imperfect people serving a perfect God. But what happens is this. When there is conflict and you learn how to make it right, it builds your spirit. It builds you up and creates stronger relationships because we are supposed to be the example for the rest of the world to see how we resolve conflict. They shouldn't learn about conflict resolution from anywhere else except here at the church. This should be the model example of how to work through conflict. Why? Because Jesus calls us His body. We represent Him. So that's why I love when you serve and and how dynamic you are. When I talked about water baptism, in fact, you can turn the page. With water baptism, if you think about what Jesus did for us, he died on the cross, was buried in the grave, and then rose from the grave. This is what water baptism symbolizes. it, It symbolizes the burial by which the new Christian publicly declares they have died and are now beginning a new life in Christ. So that word baptize is actually the English form of a Greek word, which means to immerse, to place something into something else. So in Christian water baptism, when we baptize, the believer is put completely underwater, then immediately raised out of the water. And so water baptism is a statement of faith that my old life is gone. It's behind me, and now I am a new person. I have come to life with this new life in Jesus because water baptism is a sign of repentance. 
And repentance actually means a change. It's a change of mind, a change so drastic that the old person is buried. You're actually no longer recognizable as this new person from the old. People will see you and say, what happened to you? You changed. You're different. Well, I have a new life now in Jesus. So what water, what water baptism doesn't mean is that now you're water baptized. It makes you acceptable to God. Jesus makes us acceptable to God. It's His death and resurrection and our belief in Him that makes us acceptable. Water baptism is, is a way of giving testimony to what has happened inwardly, what God has done on the inside, and it's a clear commitment to turn from the old self. So it's, it's now that new life that God has given to you and I. And once we get water baptized and we're letting everyone else know, then we get to be a part of the bigger picture of what God is doing in our lives, which is now going out into the world and reaching others for Him, constantly trying to do that. Because I'm sure there are people that are in your mind right now that you can say they need Jesus. Not because they're bad people, but because they're just separated from God. You and I do not want to stand before God and the people we love the most are not there with us because they didn't know Jesus. And the reason they didn't know Jesus is because we didn't tell them. But boy, what a blessing that the people we love would be standing with us together in heaven with God. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to talk to that person because I don't like that person. Well, when you get to heaven, you're not going to feel that. You're not going to feel hate for people. You're going you're gonna to say, you know what, God, I missed that one because I had hate in my heart. I would say this. If you sense that, that you would say, Lord, this is how I feel. Can you give me your love for them? It's a daring prayer because God will change your heart. It's, an, it's, a, it's a prayer of boldness. It's a prayer of faith. And it's a prayer of risk that you're risking yourself to say, God, I want that love for that person. Ask God to give you a love for that person. He will. And you'll be like, what? How come I love them now? And God will say, because you asked me. And you're going you're, you're gonna to want to reach out to them, not to condemn them, but to love them into the kingdom of God. That's why we have uh, Rooted and Growing, and that's on the, the next page. And I, I kind of went through Rooted and Growing and, and, and how we can uh, learn through that. And we went through that last week. Uh, and then I want to end with this. And the reason why I'm ending with tithes and offerings uh, is not because it's a money thing. I want us to, just for a moment, suspend the thought of money and church. Just suspend that thought for a while, just kind of put it on the side. And I, I want to speak to you, not just as the pastor, but I want to speak to you as a congregational member, someone who attends here and calls himself a member. Heidi and I, my wife, Heidi and I are members of this church. And we've been members since, Heidi has been a member since 1988. I've been a member since 1990, 91, around there. When I first learned the concept of tithes and offerings, I had to put that part out of my mind, the concept of church and money, because I would watch the news. I'd see how uh, they would uh, mishandle finances, and the pastor would do things with the uh, finances for self-gain, and I would say to myself, well, see, I don't trust. I don't trust. But what I had to come to uh, learn was that the way God governed this church, and I can only speak for our church because I don't know how others are or our four-square churches, but the way God governs this church is we have a council 
uh, council board, uh, council members, that help oversee the finances. So there are about five, uh, five or six, I believe, of them, uh, including Pastor Pauline Spencer, who oversees our finances, along with Shana Kaneko. So we have a group of people who oversee the finances, and they help with making financial decisions. So when your tithes and offerings come in, it's, it goes to different areas because the end result is that people would find Jesus. So when you give, your tithes and offerings go to a lot of what you see. Now, yes, we do have a staff, and it goes towards staffing. It goes towards uh, our electricity, and thank God for our solar system because that has cut down our, our solar system, our, our electricity. Uh, we also have maintenance to keep up with this building, uh, and then we also serve food. We also uh, have our parking lot that we have to take care of because it gets damaged every now and then. Uh, it keeps the lights on, and sometimes we have to change bulbs. That's a part of maintenance. We have our worship team, so certain things break. Sometimes things don't last. We have our TVs in our fellowship hall, so that's another uh, avenue with, with, with which people get to be a part of the message. It's another venue that people can sit in. Sometimes people don't come in here. Uh, maybe they're with their children and they're with, uh, sitting with their children and they eat breakfast and they get to be a part of the message. Uh, some people, they're, it's their first time and they don't want to step foot in here for, some, for whatever reason. And, and some of the reasons that I hear is they feel that they're not worthy to come in here because of their past. But we all know that we're all not worthy. Jesus is worthy. But He calls us to Himself. So, but we also do that in there so that just for them to enter into the body of Christ, we have another venue which they get to view the messages from. So there are certain things that it, in reality, it takes finances. It takes finances to sit on the chair that you're on. It takes finances to have the carpet that you're standing on. It takes finances to upkeep the building for safety. It takes finances for the children to be in a safe environment and for them to be in an environment where they're loved. And it takes finances. Some of you have been contributing for years, and people have found Jesus. There's, there is no greater joy than when we get to, for Heidi and I, and I'm sure for you, that you get to write out a check, or I think some of you give electronically or online, that when someone says yes to Jesus, never forget, you were a part of that. You gave toward that. You may not have been up here preaching or leading worship, but you worship God by giving Him your tithe and your offering. That it went towards someone's soul being saved for all of eternity. When we get to heaven, guess what? Our banks won't, or our bank account won't. Everything that we own will not come with us to heaven. Some people try. They say, hey, when you bury me, put all my money inside with me. Put all my poker chips in with me, just in case. Get gambling in heaven, just in case. Then people will say that. Put all my things in there, but guess what? You put it in there, it's still there. But when you give to God and He receives what He owns and He uses it to multiply the kingdom and people say yes to Him, that goes with you to heaven that person, because they say yes to Jesus. That's eternal. That's why when we give to him, it's not a temporary gift. It's an eternal gift. It's something that we get to do. Some of us are on that 
that kind of the, the fence of tithes and offerings, and you're saying, well, I, I don't know if I can. I don't, I don't, I don't have the, the financial means to do so. Let me just go through what tithes and offerings are all about. And it's in, on page 13. A tithe is actually a tenth of your income. And it comes from Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. Yes, it's an Old Testament a thing that they did, but Jesus also referred to it in the New Testament. That one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to who? The Lord. It belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. Did you know that when you tithe, it's holy? Holier than the rest of your income. This is set apart for God. That when you set it apart to be used for the kingdom, He does something amazing with it. So an offering, the difference between tithe and offering is an offering is giving from your heart beyond a tithe. It is not a tithe. So remember this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And these are God's principles. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and this is when it comes to an offering. Let me just pause there, because sometimes we'll do a special offering, like when we gave to the hurricane relief uh, efforts, you gave $10,000 collectively toward the hurricane relief fund. Uh, some of us will give towards missions, so that's, that's what God says when He says, you decide in your heart what to give. It's different than a tithe. So for Heidi and I, we tithe, and then when there's a special offering, we'll ask the Lord, what do we get to give? And then we give over and beyond. And then it says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So that's why we always say, you need to seek the Lord when it comes to an offering. Because we don't ever want you to feel pressured to give towards offerings. You've got to ask the Lord. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's the other part. It's like, wow, God, you blessed me so that I can bless others. So the question is, why should I tithe? Here it is in Deuteronomy. You must tithe all of your crops every year. Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. That's why we tithe. When Heidi and I tithe, it teaches us to put God first. I can tell you, there were times where it was a struggle to tithe. But it reminded us that God is first. Doesn't it say, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Then what happens? Everything else will be added. That's Matthew 6, And everything else will be added. So tithing actually teaches me to always put God first. And an offering teaches me to share and releases me from a spirit of materialism. Sometimes we're, we just need, 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 we want more, but we live in such a consumerism mentality here in America. And maybe not just in America, but we just, we need, we want. And so Heidi and I had to agree long ago that, wait a minute, before we want or need something, let's tithe. We went without cable, without a TV, without internet, without a cell phone for a long time. 
because we wanted to tithe. I didn't want my tithe, that which was holy, to go to other things in which it is not. I wanted to honor God with my finances. Now, some of you here are here today, and, and sometimes we'll come in and, and we'll, we'll miss the tithe, the offering, uh, things like that. What we want to do for you in the future is help you with that. Because some of you are, even after service, some of you will miss it, and then you'll find someone. you say, hey, can, can you uh, put this in the offering bucket? But what we want to do is we want, uh, we want to give you that opportunity. So what we're going to do in the future is put some uh, uh, tithes and offering uh, uh, lock boxes in the back because that way you know that it's going to go where it is. Uh, and I'm not saying that people aren't responsible that if you give it to one of the staff, but what we don't want to do is uh, be responsible for that in the, in the way that it should go towards uh, our ushers keeping an account for it just in case anything happens. And I'm doing this to be preventive. Nothing bad happened, but just in my spirit, I want to be more accountable then if you give an envelope to one of a staff member or someone in leadership and you say, can you get this? And let's just say it doesn't get accounted for. You say, hey, my check didn't go through. Can you find that? Now it's like that person feels bad, like, oh my goodness, did I lose it? Did I wash it? Where is it? We want to protect you and protect other people. So we're going to put some lock boxes in the back that our ushers are going to take care of it, take it right away, and then it goes straight to uh, our banking to make sure that it goes into the, prop, the proper places and it's accounted for. We want to be accountable for that. So hopefully you catch the heart behind it. Uh, it will also give those of you who maybe you're new and you come to church and you didn't understand about tithes and offerings, but the offering bucket already went. Well, if God puts it on your heart to give, then on the way out, you can do so because we want to help you to be obedient to the Lord. And so we want to equip you in, in doing so. Some of you give online or through our app and then you can do that and that's fine. But our tithes and offerings help us, helps us to do that. So the question is, when should I tithe? Well, it clearly states in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, on the first day of each week, when is the first day? Sunday. The first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there. And this is Paul the Apostle speaking. He says, don't wait till I get there and then try to collect it all at once. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So the Bible is telling us how to give. And the first day of the week is Sunday. And we also have opportunities to give. Uh, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it tells us to bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And this is the reason why I wanted to end with tithes and offerings is because this is the only place that God says to test him and try him on it. So I want to... and I. For Heidi and I, we were issued this challenge, and we challenged ourselves. We went home and we prayed. We prayed to God, and we agreed to ourselves. We said, we're going we're gonna to test God on this. And we said, God, you said to test you on this, so we're going to test you. We're going to tithe for a while, and we want to see if this is true. So this is not my promise as a pastor. This is God's promise as the Lord of the universe. He's saying, try me on this. In other words, God is so confident that he will bless you, that he has no problems with you testing him. 
None whatsoever. Now, you might be thinking, but isn't that a bad heart to say, okay, I'm going to put God to the test. I don't feel like tithing, but I'm going to put him to the test. It has nothing to do with feelings. Nothing at all. If you feel like or you wait till you're going to feel like you want to give to God, that might take forever because there are days when you're not going to feel like you're saying, this is a tenth. The government already thinks 40%, 30%. Is it another 10%? But just think about it. God asks for less than our government. Now, I'm not going to ask who does a better job, but I'm just saying, with less, God does miracles. He does phenomenal things with our finances. So we have opportunities to give, and God says, here's, here's the test, and put me to it. Can you say amen to that? Can we just end there, and then we can continue uh, this week, Wednesday, uh, with the vision of, of what we're doing. We're going to have some cards uh, made for you if you fill this out in your bulletin. Uh, I'm going to ask Grayson to come to the keyboard as we close. But this paper right here, actually we modified it from last week so that it's not, I think it was a little confusing last week. The top portion is our database. It's just so that we can stay connected with you. Uh, so that information goes into our database uh, for if there are upcoming things or if there are letters that we write out, then we can always get to you. Uh, also, it tells us uh, where we are as a church. It just, the Bible says, know well the condition of your flock. So it kind of helps us to know well the condition of where you're at and how we can be praying for you at the same time. But you have those check boxes that I have faithfully attended New Hope. I have received Jesus. I have attended or viewed Discover New Hope. And part of Discover New Hope is when you serve in a ministry, that's the first thing they're going to ask you, or one of the first things. They're going to ask you, have you gone through Discover New Hope? And if you're here for the past two weeks, last week and this week, the answer is yes, I have. For those in the future that they may have missed this, they can still view it online. So they can go online and then view the two weeks and then get involved in serving because we really want people to understand the heart and vision of why they serve. And then the bottom portion with the square, it says membership. And then you would check that off that I want to become a member of New Hope Church. You would check that. Make sure you check that. Otherwise, you, don't get a, you won't get a membership card. I know I have it here somewhere. Uh, maybe I left it somewhere else. Oh, there it is. So this membership card, when you fill out the member portion, uh, you're committing to reading the Word of God and praying, tithing, growing in Jesus, and consistent fellowship. And then please write your name how you would want it on the card. And I don't know about you, but my handwriting is not the best. So if there is a misspelt word, it could be due to our typo error, or maybe we thought it was an M rather than an N or something like that. So if it's misspelt, please bring it back. We want to make sure that it's correct. And, uh, and then we're going to put your name on it. And it just says New Hope Church Membership 2018. And we're going to do this every year so that it, uh, it's in good standing. It says... Sheldon Loxina is a member of good standing and committed to growing and representing Jesus. And then I'll sign it on the back, and then we'll get it back to you. You can pick it up at the information center in the next coming weeks. We'll get it ready for you, or we'll mail it to you. Either way, uh, we're going to get it into your hands. And the reason why we uh, do it like this, the reason why we sign it is in the book of Nehemiah, and I'll read it to us. Nehemiah chapter 9, this is after the... Uh, exiled uh, Israelites were exiled to Babylon when Babylon took them over that they're now coming back but they see the walls of Jerusalem broken down 
And a broken down walled city shows that they are a defeated people. Nehemiah sees this. Nehemiah becomes the governor. Uh, he is also the cupbearer to the king at that time, king of Persia, King Artaxerxes. And King Artaxerxes sees Nehemiah that he's sad and he says, what's wrong? He says, my city is broken down. And the walls are broken. And he says, well, wh- how can I help? And he says, we want to rebuild the walls. Well, they face opposition. The families rebuild the walls and they rebuild the walls in 52 days. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem, it don't look like it takes, 50, it takes 52 days to rebuild those walls. There was one uh, port, uh, portion of the wall, and we were kind of underground when we went to Israel, and uh, the tour guide had me standing on one side, and it was probably around, yeah, maybe here, and then my friend standing on the other side of the stage. So maybe, I don't know how far is this, some of you know better than me, maybe 40, 50 feet, I don't know. And he said, put your hand on the wall. And as big as this is, he said, this is how big this stone is. And then we, we walked back, we looked at the wall. Sure enough, there's just, that's one brick, as it were. And he said it, it went, I don't know if it was six to eight feet. It might have went further on that, that portion. So it wasn't easy to rebuild the walls, but they did in 52 days. And then they repented. Ezra reads the law. And all the Israelites, once again, they, they, they once again sense God's protection over them. And then that renewal. And then Nehemiah says this, in view of all of this, we are making a binding agreement. We're putting it in writing. And our leaders, our Levites, who are the ones responsible for the worship to God and putting things together, all of the equipment that were used for worship, and our priests are affixing their seals to it. In other words, we're going to affix our seals to it. We sign nowadays. That's our seal. So I'll sign it, and then you'll sign it. And I take, I take each individual card, and I'll pray over that name, and I sign it. And it means something to me. It means more means more than a card. You matter to God. It's just that simple. So when you sign it, it's us together saying, Lord, we get to be a part of the bigger picture. Sorry, I didn't know I was going to get emotional, so sorry about it. But um, we're going to close in prayer, and then we're going to be dismissed. Oh, boy, what a day. You can bow your heads with me as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we get to be a part of what you're doing. And Lord, you have given your life to us. You bled and died for us so that we could have eternal life. And I pray that during these past two weeks, not only would we catch the heart and vision of the church, but that we would catch your heart and your vision of what you want to accomplish in and through us. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing over each and every one of us here today. And even if they're new today, and this is their first time, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their hearts, that it would be such an honor to serve by, side by side with these that are here. And if there are those who are here today, Lord, and they've been contemplating on where they get to serve, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their hearts. And sometimes it's hard to come forward, but I pray that you would give them that courage to just find someone who has been serving and just ask, where, I get, where do I get to serve? 
I pray, Lord, that together as the body of Christ, we would always remember that you promised that you would build your church. And that's why we're here, Lord, because you're building us up to be an influence in the world, that we would let our light so shine before men and women that they would see our good works and then glorify you in heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen. Thank